Welcome to Kicking It Local, the podcast where I chat to people in the football community in South Australia from players, coaches, officials, anyone in between. And today we're going straight to the football, South Australia, where I'll be chatting with the women and girls competition manager, Marie Spagnoletti. Thank you for joining me. Bye, Johnny. Lovely to be with you. Thanks for having me. Now, I'm looking forward to chatting to you because women's football is growing in South Australia and also in Australia as a whole because the World Cup is coming here. We've won it. South Australia is getting it, uh, getting hosting rights as well. You're working at Football South Australia, so you're involved in this game. And for the last, well, over 10 years, you've been involved in uh, many different ways in the football community in South Australia for the women's side of things. And I'm looking forward to chatting to you because you're looking at your career. You've been Metro United Women's Football Club, Adelaide United recently, and now Football South Australia. You must have a love for the women's game. Yes, I do, um, Johnny. Uh, basically, yeah. I suppose football is my passion um, and I've been involved with the game over, well, close to 25 years. Uh, player, coach, technical director, um, volunteer, committee member and now recently over the last 12 months with Football South Australia. Um, so, yeah, it's, uh, football's, I'm passionate about football, particularly women's football as well um, because I've been involved with the game for so many years. So where did that passion come from? Was it a family thing or was it just something that you just fell in love with on your own after ex- uh, discovering it? No, it's definitely a family thing. Um, I have a younger brother and an older brother and they both played football uh, when they were in primary school. Uh, Dad was a, a long-time referee, so he refereed at National League and, and the local NPL back in the day, um, whatever it was called. Um, so uh, I came late to, to football, um, only took up – it wasn't my first sport, only took it up when I was like a 15-year-old. Um, just uh, managed to get convinced by a cousin to come and have a kick around at Adelaide Blue Eagles and I thought, well, why not? And mm. I wanted to play the sport. Uh, I suppose it wasn't the done thing back in the uh, 80s and uh, early 90s you know, it wasn't a chosen sport for many girls, but it is now, which is great. What was it like playing uh, back in the 90s and that in women's football? Because that's well, over 30 years or almost 30 years ago now, and a lot's changed, especially in the last 15, 10 to 15 years with women's football. What was it like back then being involved in the in the game? Uh, really grassroots and fantastic. Uh, less uh, community or women's teams, less um, teams kicking around. Wasn't the junior structure in place? Uh, there were still girls playing, you know, um, you know, mini ruse sort of age playing with the boys, but it wasn't uh, it wasn't as big as what it is today. Um, it was still good though. We played at suburban grounds, and you know, there was an equivalent of a pre- national Premier League equivalent. It was run by the old South Australian Women's Soccer Association. So it was still good, but we just didn't have the numbers. And I and you're right, the last 10 or 15 years, uh, the game has got better. The quality's good. There's more players. Uh, we're getting better coaching. It's been it's a good news story, really. So what's one of the, the things that you love that's changed for the game since then? Because what we've mentioned is heaps change. But what's the, the best thing for you in uh, in your point of view? has changed for the better in the women's game? Uh, oh, so many, but um, the exposure now with, you know, uh, WMPL and State League have played on better fields. Um, they get better timings and, you know, it's being covered by, um, you know, our um, 
MPL TV, uh, you can tune in and you can see any game, given game of a WMPL on a Friday or a Saturday. Um, and the quality of the football is just, is, is great. It's really, if, if you haven't, if supporters of football haven't got a chance to go to a game or to, to put it on the TV, until you do, until you actually think they're seeing it, it's like, wow, the standard is really good. And it's entertaining. It is entertaining because um, I watched uh, some of the MPL um, women in 2021, and but I watched more of the LA United uh, women. When you look at the LA United women team, most of those came from WNPL uh, the year prior. So it shows how uh, amazing the quality uh, actually is in South Australia. Um, so most of the people that uh, watched LA United, and it was on Channel 10 Bold um, on most Sundays, uh, won't, won't really know that most of those girls play in our local leagues. So what do you, um, what do you guys think from LA United being successful like that? What needs to be done for like to try and get that flow? I know still they still got a long way to go as well, but to try and get that those fans to the WNPL, what needs to be um, done there? You reckon? Um, I just, I think we need to be, like, the this, this good news story needs to be told mm. that uh, you could be playing WMPL one year and the next, your next step, the, your, what you what you see is the W League, is oh, sorry, Adelaide um, A-League women, sorry, we should get the terminology right. Um, so it's about, I suppose, um, it's great that you know, over half the squad of the A-League um, women's Adelaide United team are were participating in 2021 in our local comp. So I think I think we I suppose be better at telling that story that there the stages are you come into the game as a mini roo, you play for your local club, you next find yourself you know a couple of years up your sleeve and you're finding yourself Friday nights playing at hopefully in April at the State Centre for football and mm. then your app is is, you know, on Channel 10 or at Cooper Stadium playing for Adelaide United. Mm. And and it's not every day that those girls are played in the WNPL. They were playing against a Chile international and also um, the current premier of uh, of the A-League women as well at Sydney FC in uh, Cotier. So you, yep. not every day you get to play against someone like that in the local leagues and even be able to go and watch them at your local ground. Yeah, spot on. Um, like we've got quality players like, you know, Cote kicking it around and doing some spectacular stuff. It's, it's yeah, I can't speak highly enough of the WMPL and it's the stepping stone to to bigger and better things. And from A-League a um, W, then, you know, we've got girls that are travelling overseas and getting contracts in Europe. So it's, uh, I suppose, it, yeah, once you can see it, you can be it. Absolutely. Well, I want to talk more about the um, WNPL, the local game, a little bit later on um, uh, when we get to your time at Football South Australia and your role and what it actually entails. But I want to go back a little bit to when you first started um, working in the game. So Metro United um, Women's Football Club, there's not many dedicated women's clubs in South Australia. There's only another uh, handful others um, in the state. But tell me a little bit about what actually... um, what the club stands for and what it was like to be a part of a uh, an all-women's football club. Yeah, um, it was great because all the hard work you did, um, you know, the resources were all pulled in and it all went to the women. Mm. Um, I suppose I was a founding member of Metro United back in 2006, so um, a, a group of us uh, were kicking it around, playing football, and we thought, you know what, it'd be good to 
to put all that investment and time and energy into into um, a women's only, 100% women's and girls only football club. So we decided to to create Metro United. Um, so uh, yeah, they're still around. They're they're only one of three that are, are female only and girls and females. So Metro United still are there with, along with Flinders United and um, Adelaide Jags. Um, so they just, I suppose, all the effort they put in goes into the girls participating in at clubs. Um, mm. Yeah, I suppose any volunteers just want to see especially if you're in the women's game, you just want to see it improve and grow and us to do, you know, to do better. In the future, do you reckon we should have more uh, women's football clubs in South Australia or would you like to see other clubs in the state league, men's state leagues to start forming teams in the uh, WSL or WNPL in the future? I think there's room for both. So if there's like clubs like Metro and, and Flinders United and Adelaide Jags, I think what they're doing is fantastic. Mm. But I also want to see um, it's great that there are MPL and State League 1 and State League 2 clubs that are fully embrace the idea of, um, you know, putting resources in to growing their women's setup. So uh, I don't think it's either or. I think it's there's room for both. Um, and anything we can do as Football SA to support those clubs to help um, grow their their women's programs or more teams or more mini roos or juniors or even the elite level where we're all about supporting our stakeholders to grow, help us us as a huge collective to grow the game um, so. yeah so what you're at the club you didn't uh, a few different roles junior girls soccer coach you're the um, uh, WNPL head coach and also the club technical director and also a junior technical director as well. So what was your favourite role at the club and um, well, during your time there and being involved in it? Um, oh, that's a hard one. <laughs> I liked I liked, I'm sort of a, a jack of all trades, master of none. <laughs> um, so I've got, I suppose I, I've enjoyed trying a bit of everything. So it sort of just, uh, it worked out that what was next or the next progression mm. I tried. So, you know, you, you, you're committee member and you're a volunteer, so you're helping in the barbecue. Then you uh, finish playing and then you want to um, you want to try your hand at junior coaches. You want to try and help uh, develop the next generation. And then you do that and you enjoy that and you think, well, why don't I try at the higher level, uh, get more grey hair and a bit more stressed, coach, you know, the women. Uh, and then you've you sort of stop that and you think, oh, why don't I help coach the coaches? And I suppose I've, I, I'm not really answering your question, but I've enjoyed everything I've done and it was just sort of about timing. Mm. Um, and that's with life, you know, you, you, you close one chapter and you try something different. Well, that's so, it. You've got all that experience under your belt, but during that time you weren't dedicated just to football. You also had a corporate background. So you had a full-time job on the side. What's it like trying to juggle both? Yeah, uh, it's prepared me for f- time at Football <laughs> SA. Uh, so working full time and then, uh, look, there's so many coaches and so many uh, committee members and board members that work full time and then they dedicate this huge part of their life to their passion of football. So uh, uh, I suppose that would probably resonate with a lot of people listening to this podcast that, yeah, uh, it's a challenge juggling it all, um, but you do it because you love it. Mm. 
Uh, you got to love it. And you can't go past the football community in South Australia. We've got some of the best people involved in here. And you obviously love being a part of it. But did you ever see yourself getting into it full-time? Was that ever your aspirations to, to get a full-time job and leave your corporate life behind? No. Like it's just, you know, just <laughs> hesitate. It's the first thing. No. It's funny how things work out. Uh, I always saw football as just my passion. Hmm. Um, and it's funny how life sort of pans out. Uh, COVID hit, uh, restructuring occurred at my corporate job, uh, gave, gave me an opportunity to f- figure out what next. Uh, and I thought, you know, when you reevaluate, well, what do I love doing? Uh, and it's timing as well, Johnny. Yep. So uh, this opportunity came up and I thought, why not? Uh, it, it, hopefully, I'm, you know, uh, I was singing at the time, I know I can, I've got the experience at Clubland, but does that will that equate to actually doing football administration? Um, and so far, it's been uh, a joy, a real joy, sitting on the other side of the fence, dealing with all these stakeholders and trying to support, and they support me, to try and make sure that we keep improving the way we do things. So that's... um what you're doing now at Football South Australia, but you, the fir- very first job was at Adelaide United, W League Football Coordinator. So what that what does that role actually like involve? Well, it it involved a lot, but it gave me insight into what a professional uh, football organisation and how they run. Uh, so it was everything from, you know, um, ensuring you know uh, the team travelling had a night, what their itinerary looked like. Uh, liaising with the club to make sure everyone knew when their flights were, accommodation was, venues. Game day gave me insight on how uh, a professional club runs, you know, what what happens on game day, ensuring the teams are out on time and strips are up and every you, you name it. And then working with the so many stakeholders, you know, like Adelaide United was super successful this year. Uh, the players did really well, but you see all the staff behind the scenes and what they do to actually make sure that things off the park run smoothly. So it was uh, it was a it was a real eye opener, and it was working with some Adelaide United have some really wonderful, uh, dedicated and committed individuals there, uh, staff and players. So it was I did that for a year, but it gave me good insight into what a professional environment is like and how they run things. Um, we've seen some positive things come out of that club of how it's run and the environment there. Did you experience that during your time? Yeah, it was it was great. You could see uh, the success this year was you, you can see how over years uh, everything, the hard work they've done over the last four or five years came to fruition um, and it was pleasing to see uh, how, how successful they were on and off the park. And for those that don't know, LA United made their very first um, finals appearance in 2022. So almost 14 years in the making. And there was a period of time where they struggled to win for, I can't remember exactly how long, but it was almost two, three years, I think. They didn't have a a single win in that time. So for them to get to that point now is incredible. So having a a successful LA United, what's it mean for um, the local leagues? Because we did mention half of the squad comes from the local leagues. But as a promotion side of things and also the perspective of what fans have of women's football, what does a successful LA United mean or LA United women's team mean to the WNPL in South Australia? Uh, it's good for it's good it, for the game. 
for the WNPL players. They can they can see that you know the the aspirations mm. to want to play for Adelaide United. We all like being part of a successful um, organisation and a successful team. So um, they get to see you know um, the best players of our state go on and play for. Adelaide United. So, uh, and it's good for the the younger age group as well. Um, if they can help lift the profile of the game and they have success, then that people get talking about it and girls want to play, you know, aspire to play at that level, even the younger ones, the mini roos, you know. It's it's good to have that because earlier on, 14, 15 years ago, we didn't have any um the the women's uh, national league. So, and more teams are coming. So, it's going to be good and also we're going to have the World Cup here in 2023. So not too far away. We've got some of the best people. in. We've talked about having Kotier here in the WNPL, but we're going to have some of the best uh, players. Well, actually, not some of. The best players in the world coming into our home ground uh, and playing here in, um, in Australia and also South Australia. So we're going to see some of those great players here. So as Football South, South Australia, you guys have been promoting it a lot. Um, just recently, you celebrated 500 days until the first ball gets kicked in the World Cup. So what's it actually meaning for you guys now that it's getting so close to the World Cup? Uh, for us, Football South Australia, we've um, got a legacy plan that we've developed. Um, and there's three pillars. Uh, one of them is uh, participation. So with the World Cup, um, we see an opportunity to grow the participation numbers Um you know, at clubs, but also at school competitions, um, even trying to get uh, reconnecting with those that have left the game, you know, older women in through walking football, uh, all abilities football. So it's about getting girls and women um, participation numbers up, uh, even social football, you know. Uh, people, old chooks like me uh, may want to, you know, take up walking football. Um, so it's about getting participation numbers up. It's also about uh, creating opportunities in leadership, so getting more of girls and women um, thinking about what what they can do in the game and lead and develop that. Um, and then the third pillar is about unlocking um, facilities, um, so trying to get, um, yeah, unlocking, you know, facilities that are there so that girls and women have access to um, fields. Mm. So that's the World Cup. The World Cup is all about getting, yes, the best players in the world on our shores, but trying to to, to improve the game and leave a legacy. Absolutely. You definitely want to leave a legacy, and I think it will as well, because Cooper Stadium, for most people who didn't know, we couldn't have double headers there for the A-League for so long because the uh, they didn't have the extra change rooms. And now, because of the World Cup, they spent, they got funding and able to have two extra change rooms, which doesn't seem like a lot. But um, doesn't seem like something to make a big difference for the game, but it does because now the women can ha- um, play on the same day as the men, and there's so many options out there now that we can see um, moving forward at Cooper Stadium, and it, that's all because of the World Cup getting the hosting rights here in South Australia. Yep, totally agree. Um, we get five five games in 2023, yep. so. Uh, that's fantastic, and yeah, we get to see the world's best at Cooper Stadium. So, uh, yeah, it's good news, good news all around. And also, they're going to be training bases as well in South Australia. So, countries are going to be based here. So, that's another um, opportunity for young girls to go and watch their favourite teams train. Yep, totally agree. Twenty twenty three, there will be lots happening around the World Cup. Uh, it's about generating interest and getting people 
you know, excited uh, about the World Cup, but then what after this World Cup, uh, what can be left mm. for game? So yeah, good time to be involved with the sport. Absolutely, and your your role is important in the women's game as the uh, the women and girls competition manager um so what's i want to get to know what what's your favorite part about this role because you've been involved for a long time now many different roles in many different situations because you were at a local community club you were at a professional club at adelaide united now you're at a federation so what's your favorite thing about working now at football south australia compared to what you've done over the last 10 years i like dealing with clubs i like uh i like building rapport with people. So yeah. this is, yes, you're. I used to be involved with a local WMPL club and you would cross paths with people, yep. you know, say hello, but wouldn't, you know, you'd be friendly enough. But this role I really get to see the inner workings of our, our wonderful clubs and I get to deal with human beings that I know what it's like. They work full time and then they put in the extra hours and they're trying to make things better for their girls and their, their mm. club. I like, I, I consider myself a people person. Uh, most days <laughs> and uh, yeah I like dealing with our stakeholders um, trying to make their life a little bit easier uh, and to make things happen for their clubs so that's my favorite bit was that is that a boring answer for you no I actually I saw by the smile on your face as you were talking how much you actually do love it so the love for the game is what I love and that's why I've got this podcast because I want to share that because football it, not until I got involved in it by commentating and going to games did I realize how great the community is. Because I saw it from an outset. I'm like, I watched a couple of games on NPL TV before I started getting heavily involved in it. Then I thought, oh, it's all right. I like the um, the idea of it. And uh, But then once I got in there, I'm like, geez, this is amazing. The community, the people working hard and thinking, used to, on the outset, you think, oh, they're all getting, must be getting good money for it. But then you find out they're all volunteers. The dedication for it, it's incredible in the community and that's I can see in your face that that's something you love being involved in as well and um and that's exactly what we uh, want to share here on the on kicking it local yeah it's it's the people so when you're at clubland it's I, I miss a little bit of the connection of you know the catching up with people regularly mm. seeing a game or you know training session or whatever um it's that that's what keeps drawing people back. And um, just like, uh, you know, football in our state is small. It's a small community. Uh, we want to grow it. Uh, but everyone, when I say it's small, I mean everyone knows everyone. You know, you can go to a game and you can, rec you know, you cross paths every couple of times a year. And it's, yeah, it's a nice, it's a good community to be part of. Absolutely. And also you mentioned uh, walking football. I've actually been approached to play walking football I'm in my late mid to late 20s. And uh, they're like, you'll be a great walking football uh, player. So <laughs> we can always join a team together, mix, a mixed team. Well, that's the beauty of walking football. We, You and I, yeah, we could start a team and grab some old friends or young friends. And, and um, uh, yeah, I, I'm keen to give it a go. Apparently it's uh, it's a hell of a lot of fun. It is, and um, I struggle to run sometimes, so I think it'll be perfect uh, for me. But every year the seasons uh, come up very quickly, the finals finish, and within a few months we've got another season um, just around the corner. What's actually involved from a football federation perspective to get that the, the season up and running and ready to go so we've got some football to watch in the WNPL? Yeah, so the WNPL, right, the WNPL kicks off uh, this Friday, the 25th of March. There's five fixtures happening and there's some Women's State League as well uh, kicking off this weekend as well. Um, it's basically uh, 
spending a bit of time fixturing, working with the clubs to make sure uh, there are games at their preferred kickoffs and venues, trying to do double headers with the MPL, State League One, State League Two. Um, so a lot of work goes into making sure that the fixtures are. Uh, maximise people's attendance and getting people at clubs, you know, to spend money in the bar and buy a, buy um, lunch or dinner at clubs and supporting them. Um, it's uh, everything from working from clubs to working out what strip allocations and, um, you know, procedures and um, meeting all the requirements to try and get teams on the park um, and trying to lift the profile as well. So working with... You know, people like Matt Mays, our digital guy, to try and get um, content to help advertise not only the WMPL but MPL, State League 1, State League 2 as well. So um, it's an all-encompassing role um, and it's varied. So there's a lot that goes in, it gets involved. It's not just like you pick a team, so this is who's going to play this week. It's a lot involved and um, I'm sure it takes up a lot of your time as well, not just the 9 to 5 kind of uh, hours, does it? Yeah, so it's it's a yeah, it's a huge um, yeah, it's an interesting time of the year leading up to the season. A lot happens behind the season uh, scenes, um, but it's great once the season kicks off. So everyone's super excited at seeing the WMPL kicking off this weekend, um, and then we get some more regularity with the role. Um, whereas uh, pre off season is all about planning, and that's the same with clubs. There's you know, you speak to any committee member, they're looking forward to the season starting. So then it's a more of a regular sort of type role and work. Uh, it's the off-season that goes a lot, a lot of work goes into putting teams on the park at club level and also at Football South Australia. So it's fair to say that once a uh, once the season kicks off, you're a bit more relaxed. <laughs> yeah, to, to be honest, uh, it's it's this week is uh, and leading up to this week has been um, extremely hectic and it is it's great once the season kicks off and football's being played at, at that level as well as juniors and community level and mini roos start in april so that's exciting as well so yeah come april i'll at games i'll look a little less stressed all on my face absolutely and you can always uh on the weekends you can wind down head to a game or you can also watch it on NPL TV because all the WNPL games are featured on it, which is an amazing uh, um, feature to have for the women's games to be able to have that access to all those great quality games. Yeah, it's handy having it. So if you can't, you know, you can't be at uh, five places at once. So mm. it's good that NPL TV is there, but nothing beats actually going down to your local club, um, you know, entering the gate, grabbing a drink, grabbing a bite to eat, and um, supporting. Um, football um, and nowadays that's what I like doing just uh, grabbing as many games as I can and going as a neutral supporter and just watching entertaining football so highly recommend yeah grab NPL TV but if you can get to a game that's the fun bit absolutely the atmosphere down there and also the passion from uh, all the volunteers and fans that head down there and all the families as well it's um it's a great atmosphere to soak up. Yeah, totally agree. Hey, um, before we let you go, I want to get to kicking it questions, which I do every week. The kicking it local um, podcast has to have kicking it questions. So, just uh, no wrong or right answer. But uh, who would you love to kick the football with on the park? Uh, oh, this is, I'm going to be. Uh, I'd like to have a kick with my nieces. Ah. You'd expect that. Yeah, you like that? Go the family angle. Yeah, uh, I, I love that because I. I just had um, a kick on the uh, my first kick a few weeks ago with my um, seven year old nephew. So 
I know exactly what it's like. So are they into football as well? Yeah, so they both play, which is great. Um, and, yeah, we managed to convince them to take up the sport early enough. So, yeah. Uh, so I've gone the, the cheeky route, uh, the, the, the unexpected answer type thing, I think. <laughs> Uh, I like it, and it's- oh, if I pick an elite player, I wouldn't mind having a kick with Sam Kerr, so she can uh, show us how it's really done. Absolutely. Well, you might as well, if you're going to kick with Sam Kerr, bring your nieces along, and they can learn from the yeah. best. <laughs> yeah, totally agree. Actually, two of the best because you're there as well. <laughs> you're too kind. <laughs> hey, um, who would you uh, kick it with on a Saturday night and watch some football with? Uh, you can choose your ne- nieces again, but you can choose anyone in the world, someone locally, someone uh, overseas, and just kick it back, kick back on a Saturday, and watch some football. Oh wow! Um, I don't know. Probably some of the world's best coaches. That'd be interesting to get a take of watching, sitting down, watching a game, and getting their insights. So mm. I still have coaching. So um, maybe Jill Ellis, the uh, United States ex. Um, yeah, um, national coach. Uh, maybe it'd be good to pick her brains while watch, having a beer and watching a football game. That sounds good. And uh, you can probably um, choose someone when they watch some Saturday night football during the World Cup when it's here in Adelaide as well. So yeah, Wouldn't that be good? Yeah, um, you have many to choose from. <laughs> yeah, for sure. It'd be interesting to sit, sit with the uh, Matildas coach and get some insight on what how he views a game so that would be good yeah that would be very interesting sitting with him mm. thank you so much for joining me uh marie i really appreciate the insight into women's football here in south australia and what it actually uh, uh means to you as a um an individual working at football south australia and wanting to grow the game so all the best with uh, the season 2022 and also the future towards uh, coming towards the world cup in 2023 here in australia Thanks, Johnny. Really appreciated the chat and thanks for covering uh, our game. Uh, any exposure we can get through you know, podcasts like yours and your commentary is um, brilliant. So thank you. Thank you so much. And um, I really love it. And uh, I'll make sure I will watch more games. But everyone else watch the WNPL on NPL TV, which is going to be weekly. And also make sure you head down to a game and watch it at your home ground as well. Thank you. That is Marie Spagnoletti from the Football South Australia. Make sure you subscribe to Kicking It Local wherever you get your podcasts so you can get a taste of the SA football community. Plus, follow at Kicking It Local SA on Instagram and Twitter so you don't miss any of the action. See you soon.